Today, the world is demanding more of products and packaging. Consumers want more variety. Governments are demanding sustainability. And supply chains, they're more complex than ever before. Simply put, companies that make things need to respond faster than ever to change. Welcome to Beyond the Shelf, the product and packaging podcast. I'm Laura Fodi, and I'll be your host. Since I was a kid, I've always been fascinated by how things are made. And at Specrite, I get to work with product and packaging leaders to help them spend less time chasing data and more time making amazing things. We'll interview experts and industry leaders across food and beverage, beauty, consumer goods, and industrials and manufacturing. We're going to go beyond the shelf and get a behind the scenes look into the things you use every day and even the ones you don't. Where do the best ideas come from? How are leaders making sustainability goals a reality? What trends are here to stay? And what's just a passing fad? We're going to ask our guests all this and more. So be sure to subscribe and get ready to go Beyond the Shelf. Hello, and welcome to Beyond the Shelf, the product and packaging podcast, where we interview the people behind the amazing products we use every day. I'm Laura Fodi, and today I'm really excited to be speaking with Jay Singh, the director of the packaging program at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Considered one of the top experts in the field of distribution packaging globally, Jay has published over 95 peer-reviewed articles, 73 articles in conference proceedings, 32 trade journal articles, three book chapters, co-authored two books and edited one book, and he also holds four patents. I don't know what this guy hasn't done, to be honest. Um, several of his publications have resulted in the development or modification of numerous globally acknowledged packaging test standards. Uh, shout out to our friends at ISTA. And his research has led to several innovative packaging designs that are used in the field every day. His expertise includes teaching, training, testing services, and contract research and packaging design, distribution environment measurement and simulation, material and package testing, product package compatibility, and life cycle assessment, which, as many of you know, is really important with sustainability. He is the founding member and technical director of Cal Poly Packaging Research Consortium and currently serves as president of the International Association of Packaging Research Institutes and is a past director on International Safe Transit Authority Associations, excuse me, ISTA Global Board. He received his MS and PhD in packaging science from Michigan State University. Uh, go Spartans. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Laura. It's a pleasure to uh, be on it. When do you have time to sleep? <laughs> well, uh, as you get older, you, you tend to sleep less, so it's working out perfect. <laughs> no, I, I'm just so impressed by your background, and I just want to personally thank you. You know, when I joined Specrite four years ago, I knew very little about packaging, and you were one of the first people to really take me under your wing and teach me all about this amazing industry. And so I'm, I'm always so appreciative of that. Yeah. And, and you'd be surprised how many people are in the same boat as you are because uh, packaging, you know, because it does its job so well until it doesn't work, which are, which is a rare uh, occasion. People just take it for granted. You know, it's like a, some, it just magically arrives at the retail store shelf. Absolutely. It's funny because my parents will send me photos of Amazon boxes with little things inside like I'm going to personally be able to fix the problem. Um, <laughs> and I feel like when you're in packaging, people start to send you every packaging problem. It's, it's kind of funny. Um, I'd love to know, 
You know, what inspired you to pursue packaging research and education as a profession? Yeah, that's an interesting story. Uh, I, my undergrad is electrical engineering. I'm from India. So I came to the U.S. in pursuit of an MS degree in electrical engineering. And it just so happened that I was at Michigan State campus. And uh, to yeah, I've, ne- I've never traveled uh, abroad, you know, especially in the U.S. So I wanted to see what the culture was like. So I arrived a quarter early. I arrived in the summer, school starting in the fall, and um, happened to come across a friend of a friend who was in packaging. So I took a tour. I'm like, packaging, you know, like you said, you know, I had no idea packaging as a discipline existed. So I was like, what do they do? And I'm an engineer. I don't want to, you know, uh, lose my technical or technology-driven knowledge. So... I got a quick tour of the facility, then my eyes just widened with all that packaging uh, entails, you know, in discipline and in the industry. So uh, my decision was very quick. Uh, even before I took a single uh, MS in electrical engineering course, I switched over. What I like about packaging is it's so dynamic. You know, nothing against engineering. You know, the way I, I some of uh, uh, people close to me probably hate me bringing this analogy. It's it's. Uh, uh, or the way to explain engineering versus packaging. Engineering is a mile deep and inch wide. Packaging is a mile wide and an inch deep. And you have variations in depth depending on what uh, what your expertise or knowledge base is. So packaging touches everything, right? It goes from engineering to business to arts and creative uh, outlets. So that inspired me. I got in, and then of course, uh, with regards to research, uh, and then again, you know, have to mention, uh, went to a great school for graduate programs, and uh, uh, kept getting inspired to do more and more. So after masters, I decided to get in the PhD. Uh, with regards to research, I mean, it's a uh, it's a playground with all these things uh, available because it's moving, it's shifting every day. Uh, so with materials design, supply chains. So I, I, I really get bored if I am not engaged. You can see uh, the background. I, I don't, I, I have a chaotic uh, lifestyle in sense, uh, what an external person might look, but it's, uh, uh, it's ordered chaos. So I like to have a lot of balls juggling in the air and to your initial comment about, you know, how do I do everything? I, I, I don't think I would exist without uh, being uh, pushed. So research, you know, is, an, is a natural outlet and it allows me to, that's, uh, that's why I became an academic because I pick what I want to do, right? So I can, I can do uh, uh, whatever project I want, engage with whatever industry I want. Uh, that's a prerogative we have. Absolutely. So what are you most passionate about these days? I mean, the industry has changed so much over the years. I, uh, For those of you listening, Jay has like five different Coca-Cola cans behind him. All of them have different labels. I don't All of them are different sizes. I don't know if that's a teaching prop or no. the fact that you uh, love Coke, but I'm like, literally packaging's exploded. It's more complex. There's more variation, but what is really, what are you most interested in these days when it comes to research? Uh, it's, uh, you know, so aside from there's so much going on, you know, you have to, it's frustrating on what to concentrate on first. Uh, I tend to focus on logistics and supply chains, you know, the evolution, this COVID has, uh, proven that, you know, the lean just in time kind of, uh, strategy works great, but if, you know, there's a glitch in the system, it, it uh, puts out chaos with the recent uh, infant food, uh, um, you know, uh, and there's a lot of instances there. 
So I, I tend to uh, uh, lean more towards research related to logistics and supply chain. I'm not a traditionally trained supply chain expert, but through distribution, I have been engaging with all the logistical strategies people uh, you know, uh, participate in uh, for e-commerce or brick and mortar or now you know, the upcoming omni-channel. So it's just uh, amazing. Even within my sliver of expertise within packaging, there is mind-boggling opportunities on what I can pick and choose. Absolutely. And, you know, you obviously teach classes at Cal Poly, so you're teaching the next generation of packaging professionals. What are the students most passionate about? So aside from getting a great job in the city of their choice, <laughs> you know, increasingly uh, this Gen, uh, Gen Z, I think it's being called, um, they are getting more and more involved in sustainability. They are more conscious. Uh, there's a term conscious shopper that's being termed or coined. Uh, it's not just for the Gen Zs, but they, they are getting very uh, increasingly conscious about uh, their role as a consumer. So sustainability is definitely on top. And that seems to be a common theme through most every course we offer here at Cal Poly, some of which I teach. And we, we, we have you know, a standalone packaging sustainability course, but that's not just a, a location where we uh, offer uh, discussions on this. Um, they are, you know, Cal Poly is, is uh, uh, the flagship for the CSU system of the 23 campuses. It's a flagship. And um, it is, uh, I, I think if I applied today, I wouldn't get in. Uh, I believe the average GPA for an incoming student uh, has been around 4.07 or so. And we turn away tens of thousands of students who have a 4.0 or close to 4.0. So uh, we do get uh, very talented students who have worked hard to get into Cal Poly. And what, what we uh, the students really like about our, our uh, university and our program is to learn by doing. Yeah. So uh, we allow them not only to create, but to fail as well. You know, so we, we give them ample opportunity. Each course we have labs and a project. So they, they learn, they tend to uh, uh, experiment enough or get exposure to enough aspects to where they can pick and choose. The majority of them um, are going to work for CPGs more uh, you know, across uh, various uh, industry sectors. Uh, where we, being where we are, we have, of course, uh, uh, the electronics and the food and aerospace. So yeah, I think amongst uh, the top would be sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you've really made an effort to bring technology into the classroom and, and technology when it comes to packaging is also a mile wide and an inch deep perhaps, right? You have everything from printers and machines that actually make packaging and even software like Specrite that's helping people manage end-to-end um, -end, you know, life cycle of, of packaging and product design. Why is this so important to you? Well, whether we like it or not, we are headed towards the you know, Internet of Things has become an old term. You know, we got the, the fourth industrial revolution where it's technology, industry, societal patterns, uh, processes. These are all going to communicate digitally. It's, it's all connected. Uh, and that's uh, uh, being brought to the forefront with, you know, a, a lot of uh, um with COVID, you know, especially with the labor shortage, with supply chain issues, and, and that's all technology driven. Uh, so whether it's production or manufacturing or distribution, the digital um, footprint is getting bigger and bigger. And that's one of the main reasons we insist on getting uh, the students the, the 
ample opportunities. You know, of course, we can't exhaust everything that can be exposed to, but things like uh, uh, you know, pack site, for example, um, that's how that's you know, uh, gone are the days when you spent half a day writing a report, right? Instantly you have that report. Uh, other software on LCA, we, we have software on designs, um, including TOPS engineering. Um, technology is, and we of course uh, also are not so good right now, but uh, we want data management, uh, business analytics to be uh, um, at the forefront of what our future engagement would be. So uh, to your question, it's, it's not a, Good to have, it's a must have. Yeah, I love that. I mean, one of the things that you know I'm so passionate about, because I've been able to meet a lot of the students, we've had a lot of them intern, and it's like you said, I don't think I'd get into Cal Poly. These, These are the best and the brightest, and it always pains me to hear their stories when they do that first internship at a giant CPG. And I'm like, what did you do that summer? And they're like, I looked through Excel spreadsheets, or I reverse engineered a spec. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we just took someone who worked so hard and learned so much and we're having them manage spreadsheets that we should probably be putting them on the biggest challenges we have, right? And and to your point, especially in packaging, this is still happening everywhere. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. And so, you know, my hope is that by learning this technology in the classroom, students can then go to their jobs and be like, we have to do it differently. You know, we're not going to be able to track sustainability if all of our specs are in Microsoft Word documents. We're not going to be able to, you know, ensure that we have minimal breakage through the supply chain if we're doing ISTA tests by hand and not tracking and reporting on results over time. But, you know, it's funny because I think there are a lot of similarities between academia and industry. Mm-hmm. And that change is hard and slow. Right. So, you know, what what advice would you have for people who are trying to enact this change in their organization? You know, if they're in a packaging department or, or a product development department, for example, because you've really done that at Cal Poly. Yeah, no. So you know, uh, uh, bring a good question. And I, I unintentionally left out spec right uh, on our my previous answer or response. Um, Spec management, right? Spec is the DNA, as uh, Matthew or SpecRite famously uh, uh, quote. Uh, it is the DNA of everything, right? And and if you are, uh, if you don't have, uh, it would be okay if you had an Excel sheet that was up to date and there was only one version of it that everybody referred to, or there was a spec about you know a package or a material or a product that everybody could go to and immediately know that it's the accurate one and they would save time. But it, it, through project management, involvement of multiple stakeholders, what SpecRite is doing is amazing. You know, uh, it, it, it's, uh, Matthew and I used to laugh uh, uh, when you know, I would uh, report, you know, I talked to somebody about what SpecRite does and they said, oh, this can't be a new or a novel concept, you know. We've been managing specs for centuries how come nobody's done this before? So what what you have done is an amazing um, way to not only save time but be efficient, accurate, and profitable. You know, there's so much you can do with specs. So uh, to to your uh, question, um, I think you cannot ignore it. This is a must-have. You know, spec ride or spec spec management, especially cloud-based. That is the future, and uh, you know, spec ride's leading the way and uh, any other program that has packaging, packaging, uh, it's mind boggling how many uh, different uh, specs are in just a humble box. Um, not only in the materials and the design, but also how it's uh, you know, palletized, unitized, distributed. 
uh, and tested. Um, so this is a must-have for any packaging program. And, and uh, to Specrite's credit, you know they are offering free licenses to anybody who asks. Yeah. So uh, that that definitely needs to a uh, top priority. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. You know, one of the things you and I have talked about is the underappreciation of packaging typically in an organization, which is a real shame um, because packaging is more than just a box. It's more than getting something from A to B. How do you teach students to go from being, you know, engineers that are designing the box to really strategic advisors that are at the, have a seat at the table advising companies really on, on their end-to-end value chain? You hit a sore point uh, or a point that, a frustrating point that I have dealt with my entire life. Um, packaging, when you use the word packaging, whether it's, uh, you know, to your neighbor or in, in, my, in any university, uh, they automatically assume you are a trade uh, discipline or trade uh, profession where hey, anybody can make a box, right? Uh, but they don't understand the value proposition. And you know, right there, they're wrong because a box, a simple, you know, C flute um, 32 ECT box is not just that. It's a lot of uh, things that you have to look at uh, into that. So uh, what um, what we need to, so the way the our students can go from just selling or using or promoting a box to where we are hoping they would go is to uh, use the box as a solution provider. It's a value proposition. You can, yes, you can, you know, if you have negotiations going on and you're in procurement, yes, you can show hundreds of thousand dollars in savings because say we used a box that was lighter or cheaper by a few cents per box, but it's the siloed mentality. So procurement goes, my annual report is gonna be amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna get a promotion or bonus. But they forget uh, down the stream what's happening with that poorer quality or subpar boxes. Products are getting damaged, they're getting returned. All of that, you know, so what our students do is, or we, we train them or hope that they uh, learn through our program or any program uh, for that matter is, packaging is not just that, it's a value proposition. You know, you, if you are in a physical product world, everything is packaged. So sell that and, and have the knowledge on the value proposition that package has, not just that it is a package, not that it's uh, something I can get off a catalog. So uh, that, that's why we, uh, uh, our students are, are, are doing really well in this regard. You know, if they're going to sales, they're not selling millions of boxes, they're selling a solution. Mm-hmm. So they, they engage with their customer or vendor in a more um, learned manner. Yeah. It's interesting. I was thinking about this, you know, I'm obviously in marketing and they talk about the five P's of marketing product, pri- uh, price, place, promotion, people. And I thought, why is packaging not the sixth thing? Given its importance, the fact that it's just lumped in a product. Right. I mean, like given the number of claims marketers have to make, if you're in cosmetics, you have to be reporting to Sephora. Like, are you, you know, having so much recyclability consumers want to know and, there's just so many people that need to be educated about packaging, including consumers, um, mm-hmm. because, you know, every day we're making choices with our dollars. And, you know, oftentimes I hear people say things to me like, you know what, I'm going to try to reduce my use of single use plastic and use this instead. But oftentimes we're not looking at the whole LCA of a material. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do we go about really educating the world on packaging in order to drive sustainability? 
And again, you know, I, I talked about the siloed uh, industry. Even the disciplines are siloed. And, and uh, marketing, you know, uh, in any organization, marketing and packaging exist if they have a physical product to sell. But they rarely, you know, the, the R&D, the development, the production, procurement, last stage is typically packaging. But they forget uh, that that package is your salesman. Right? That's the consumer facing. That's the, the you know, uh, romance you can have between a package and, and a, a product uh, or um, a package and a person. And I'm quoting, I think I, at one of the conferences or uh, presentations I heard, you know, uh, Amazon is not into romance packaging. That is the romance packaging is what you see the Coke cans. You know, I can see it, I can touch it, I can pick it up, I can decide whether I want to buy it or not. And marketing plays a key role in that. You know, it's the shapes, sizes, colors, the you know, the, the, the recycled content or any sustainability thing that you can put on it, uh, that's all, that all needs to be worked into the package or on the package. And that's where marketing has a key role to play because that's, that's uh, the communication you are creating for that product package system is through what it looks like and what uh, consumers perceive it to be. Yeah. You've done such a great job creating continuing education around packaging, right? So that marketers like me can actually take online courses and, and get a little more dangerous and a little bit more up to speed on, on the industry. Can you talk a little bit about the offerings that you've created that have really gone beyond that typical four-year experience in the classroom? Because like you said, yes. this is changing every day. So even if you major in it 20 years ago, you're going to have to keep up to date on what's new, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, uh, great point uh, or great. Uh, thanks for prompting that. Uh, we are we're the only packaging program in a business college. As I just mentioned, packaging is not a standalone discipline. It's not just science and technology. It's you know everything that you can think of. Uh, so our focus, we created a new program about four years ago. Uh, it's called Packaging Value Chain. We have a master's degree and a um, assortment of uh, certificates, professional certificates you can get from it. And what our, you know, I just touched on value, the, the value proposition packaging has, and that was the, uh, at the core of this development. Um, so if you think about, uh, you just mentioned marketing, so we created a course, Marketing and Sales of Package Product. It's being taught by an industry veteran who's now a, a Cal Poly uh, professor. Finance, corporate finance for packaging, you need to know that, right? It's, again, the upstream or downstream is somewhere, somebody's accounting for it. So every decision you as a packaging person or you know, engaged in packaging is making has ripple effects. Uh, we have lean operations, we have business analytics, uh, and I'm, I'm just uh, naming the courses that are not typically uh, associated with packaging science and technology. Um, so what, what we decided to do was create a program that is for working professionals. It was designed to accommodate the needs of the working professionals Personal professional engagement of working professional is always, uh, you know, it's difficult for someone who has a personal uh, life and is working full time to also go to school. So we decided to make it online. It is created to, uh, we've been very successful with it thus far, and it's been created so you don't, you know, we've created it such that if you can give us uh, about eight hours on the weekend, and about two, three hours in the, during the week, you're good. You can graduate within one year or you can take, you can even take one course and leave. So if you just want to uh, touch on uh, some, you know, refresh your knowledge or have more knowledge, new knowledge, uh, just take one course and leave if you want. Take three courses, you get a certificate. 
take 45 units, you get a master's degree. I love that. Just, you know, I always had the desire to do like to audit one course of something, you know, especially something I'm really interested in. And I love that, you know, you know, you are giving people the flexibility to learn how they want to learn, how they're able to learn and, and ultimately to then apply it to immediately what they're doing. It's funny when you talked about the corporate finance for packaging, I immediately thought everyone at Nestle, Procter and Gamble, any, if you're at a big CPG company, like your procurement person should be taking that course right. because especially, you know, I'm sure you, everyone's listening to the news. There's a pending recession. The first place that all these CEOs go is, all right, let's take costs out of packaging. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you need to have that procurement person understand the ripple effect of, okay, well, we can take cost out, but does that impact quality? Does that impact our ability to get to consumers and, and keep up with demand? Do we have enough suppliers to meet that? Is it then more sustainable? It's just, it's never as simple as, well, yeah, we're just going to, we're just going to cut costs somewhere. So I think that's amazing. Um, one thing I want to touch on, Jay, is the packaging consortium at Cal Poly. Um, you're, you're bringing together companies to solve real world problems. Can you give us an overview of the program? Sure. Yeah, we, we launched our consortium in 2008. And uh, we as soon as I got here, uh, you know, I, I, I went to Michigan State again, to their credit, uh, I got an excellent education and got exposure to uh, a lot of applied projects uh, with the industry. So I, I, as soon as I came here, I started a fee for service, because we have an amazing you know set of labs. Why uh, just use it for teaching? Why not use it to help solve the industry uh, problems? So in 2008, we formalized our engagement with the industry uh, through a consortium we started, and it's uh, uh, it follows NSF model of industry university cooperative research center, where the agenda, the research we do is driven by the members. We don't say we want this to do this project, give us money. So uh, with through mutual engagement, mutual brainstorming, we come up with the agenda and a majority of the projects we have done, actually all the projects we've done have been applied in nature. It's not, you know, let's create a new theory about how to think about something. It's uh, uh, so my focus, our focus, sorry, uh, was to uh, create a, an avenue where industry can come and participate and uh, take back uh, what they need uh, immediately, not two years from now. The, the consortium we initiated uh, in 2008 led to a more fresh produce focus. As of last year, we have uh, suspended that because of the, uh, the COVID issues and uh, we decided to focus more on distribution. So this year we started a consortium for distribution packaging. InspectRed has been a member for both consortium uh, for a while. Uh, we have 22 member companies that are, uh, we have four projects to do this year and we are trying to um, provide a great ROI for, you know, what the industry and a majority of the companies are not in it just for an ROI. They are also passionate about supporting uh, uh, research and education and packaging. So that that was intent and, uh, you know, uh, projects are proprietary, so I can't uh, uh, um, state much about it, but they focus on sustainability that has come up to the top. Um, and one of the pro- proposals was submitted by SpecRide, which was the highest voted. And uh, we, we are very excited to see where that leads. Yeah, no, we're excited to partner with you. Again, high level, it's about sustainability reporting, um, which is a great segue. Uh, Packaging sustainability is a huge topic, not just to consumers. Um, What are your thoughts on growing regulations like extended producer responsibility? 
I, I think that is a much needed, um, you know, I, I ask my, you know, I teach a fundamental packaging course and I go paper or plastic, which, uh, which we do, we don't like. And the majority of the hands are on plastic. And I ask him why, you know, plastic is in our oceans. Plastic is everywhere. You know, it's, it's, uh, uh we have limited resources. So what are we going to do? I try to explain to them through that course and the others is, um, who's responsible you know so if it's ending up in the ocean who's responsible you bought it right you know you bought it and you, did you put it in the right spot so it could be recycled if you did did they get it did it get picked up and go through the end of life uh, that was optimal for it if it didn't how did it leak it's a it's a everybody's responsibility what epr is doing is it's putting manufacturers and marketers or retailers of uh, CPGs uh, on notice. Uh, it's, you know, you gotta, it's all geared towards circularity. You know, if you look back not so long ago, uh, if you, if a company wanted to show sustainability, they just switched out the material or they lightweighted it. And that was a quick bandaid, you know, it's easy. That's not easy, but it's easier to just switch out the format of the packaging. You go from rigid to flexible, yeah, we reduce the weight. So the focus with EPR is recycle content, recyclability, so upstream, downstream, whatever happens in the life cycle of a CPG, uh, it is theoretically a circularity, nothing ever leaves once it gets in. Um, so EPR is a great way for the, the U.S. to step up, the rest of the world, you know, quite a few air, uh, parts of the world have already stepped up, you know, EPR and we have, U.S. has been forced to step up if they are exporting to any of those, uh, uh, you know, continents or countries. Uh, so EPR is, is a great, uh, uh, personally, uh, you know, I, I think it's a great thing to have uh, if, if uh, you know, there are financial impact of whatever CPD you're selling, then better decisions will be made. I think that's important to double click on because, you know, five years ago, people were talking about sustainability, but they weren't, they were doing the easy stuff. And I think what EPR has done is it's created the financial obligation mm -hmm. for businesses to do the right thing. It's no longer like you're doing it because you're trying to promote that you're green. You're, they're doing it because there is a monetary penalty for not being sustainable. And that's what really gives me hope that this is going to be lasting change. I think what's really challenging is, you know, we were talking to John Blake at Gartner. He said there's like four or 500 versions of these laws. So, I mean, we're certainly not making it, you know, easy for people to, for packaging professionals to, to comply with this. So it is, right. you know, an area that I think, um, you know, that's why we're excited to do a lot of research around it. That's why we think having digital data is so important so that you can slice and dice it 400 different ways and comply with 400 different laws. Um, but I know we're, we're running uh, at the end of our time here. You know, one thing that the past two years has shown us is an extremely tight labor, labor market and a real competition for the best talent. Um, what would you, what advice would you give companies trying to recruit uh, the best packaging students today? Uh, you know, so that we have an uh, amazing array of uh, um, programs around the world, not, uh, not uh, in the North America, that's not enough for a, the industry, the size it is. We are not graduating just enough students, but if you have to pick, you know, look at the curriculum, you know, uh, look at uh, how the curriculum is uh, taught. Um, there, there's, you know, specializations within different programs. So whatever is uh, uh, the, the right fit. 
we do have more demand than supply of uh, packaging graduates. So uh, decisions are based on, um, you know, it can be regional. You know, you don't want to hire uh, someone from, uh, you know, you know, the East or Midwest area to move to California, the sticker shock is huge for them, right? Um, and our, you know, our students don't want to move, you know, their choice of uh, location is either the Bay Area or, or um, you know, uh, LA area. They want to be close to metropolitan cities and uh, they would not take a, a, a job offer or a opportunity elsewhere. So regional uh, aspect, um, what do they bring? Uh, what is their curriculum like? And, and I definitely encourage uh, co-ops or internships. That's uh, you know a, a, a different kind of interview for a potential full-time employee. I think that's great. Um, you talk about the supply and demand. I know we've chatted about this before. What every year there's a, a thousand students that graduate in packaging programs, and it's a multi what is it billion or trillion dollar industry yeah globally it's a trillion dollar industry i think uh, the us is uh, I, I don't quote me on it i think it's close to 3 or 400 billion or somewhere there um, so the yeah there's about a thousand graduates uh, um, approximately graduating from all packaging programs in the us wow and so we're taking and, a handful of people and we're asking them to have this you were like, you know, go figure out sustainability at uh, for, for all of us. But I know a lot of these students, I get a chance to interact with them. And if anyone can do it, it's them. Um, to wrap up, Jay, we like to play a few games. Uh, this is our rapid fire segment. So first question, what is your favorite product right now? Oh, difficult question. Yeah, I, I have a seven-year-old daughter, so it's got to be uh, some toy or the other. Uh, she recently got a two, uh, you know, the Rubik's Cube. It's a two-piece. Uh, it's like a cube with four uh, pieces on each face uh, and that's amazing uh, i have never been able to solve the rubik's cube uh, in my entire life but this i have a shot so far i've you know done the top layer and there's a cheat sheet uh, so yeah uh, if you are talking about a consumable product uh, it's you know you see uh, uh, you mentioned uh, coke uh, i have about a thousand cans uh, that had to be packed up uh, because i don't have room so i'm i'm traveling to thailand i'm i'm hoping to bring back a few more cans that's awesome i love that um, what packaging innovation are you most excited about right now uh, I think it's the end of life, uh, you know, the advanced recycling, though it's not my, I'm not a chemist, but that's what excites me. And the ripple effects again will be upstream to where the packages that are made, uh, if they have any plastics uh, components, which, you know, it might be uh, maybe not integrated to the paper-based substrate. It, it's in the primary package. So uh, the future of recycling is what excites me going away from this lightweighting to uh, you know advanced uh, recycling opportunities and that will help you know the more close that we get to circularity the better we are yeah absolutely um all right this is my favorite segment it's called kill keeper change we're going to pick a list of three random products okay. you have to pick one that you would kill or discontinue uh, one that you would keep as is and one that you would change so here we go the first one is paper straws oh this is a good one for kill. you <laughs> you don't yeah. even know what the other ones are. No, I don't care. You know, it, it's it's one of those things, right? Yeah, and I, I love you know the, the, one of the best things about my job is I can state what I feel, right? I, I'm unbiased. I don't. I'm not for or against any uh, industry or you know uh, material. I, I have never been able to learn about uh, or, or you know just uh, it, it's you know it doesn't work for me. 
it disintegrates by the time you're drinking it. And also like, why don't we just use the lids that have the little, like what Starbucks did. I mean, talk about like not rethinking the paradigm of how you deliver a beverage of just like trying to like do a bandaid. Um, okay. Second one is pickles. Pickles. Third one is post-it notes. All right. So you've killed one thing. What would you keep or change pickles, post-it notes? Pickles as in the, the one we have with the sandwich? Yeah. Okay. I would keep post-its. They are almost perfect. I don't know what I would change with pickles, though. Uh, packaging, you know, there's got to be something beyond glass. Um, it, it does. You know, glass is a premium, um, you know, one of the premium materials. Uh, so if I had to pick, I would uh, uh, change pickle, keep uh, post-its, and kill straws. You heard it Paper here straws. first. Paper straws. So one last thing on straws. Isn't it true that the plastic ones aren't recyclable because they're so tiny? Like, isn't that a common misconception? uh, You know, there there is an issue in your caps on bottles. uh, Coca-Cola just, uh, I'd seen this in Asia about 10 years ago, but it's making its way here. The caps that don't come off, they just turn them and they hang on. So uh, the tinier uh, the plastic component, single-use plastic, a lot of it is tiny or smaller or lightweight. It is not that it can't be recycled. It's just it just gets lost in, mm-hmm. in you know the mass amounts that are collected and moved. It just it, it, you know falls to the cracks literally. Oh my gosh! So, interesting. Well, Jay, thank you so much for joining us. How can people learn more about the the programs that you're offering at Cal Poly? Uh, just Google Cal Poly packaging, uh, or, you know, feel free to contact me. Uh, just look me up, uh, Jason at Cal Poly and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to uh, talk to anybody or correspond with anybody. Amazing. Well, Jay, I always appreciate your time and feel like I learned so much. And for those listening, if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps listeners find the show. Jay, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again soon. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Laura. Beyond the Shelf is presented by Specrite, the first cloud-based platform for specification management. Say goodbye to spreadsheets, share drives, and legacy systems, and digitize your specs in a secure single source of truth. With Specrite, you can easily share and collaborate on specs with other departments and across your entire supply chain network. Taking a spec-first approach enables you to accelerate product and packaging development, go to bid faster, report on sustainability, and ultimately spend less time chasing data and more time making amazing things. To learn more, visit specrite.com. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T.com.